after these messages, we'll be right back. I can't believe I ate that whole thing. Are you in good hands? And now, a word from our sponsors. Hey, everybody. Welcome to After These Messages. This is the show where we talk about commercials. We talk about good ones and bad ones and the ones where people say weird shit like this. Shira and I want to talk to you about something that's very personal, your body. My name is Andrew Walsh. I'm here with Genevieve has for a late night recording. How you doing, Veeves? I'm good. Do you recognize that voice? Oh, well, I didn't. I wouldn't. I don't know if I would have recognized the voice, but I can only imagine that if he's referring to Shira, it's He-Man. That was He-Man. Indeed. Today is an all ad council day. You guys are our ad council. It's ad council all the way down. You guys have sent us emails, voicemails, Facebook posts. Got one thing by Raven. Yeah. It's amazing how fast Raven's Too late are for the bird days. show, unfortunately. Yeah. But. <laughs> they were sending it from Dragonstone to the wall, so it only got here in a half hour. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's hard to keep the roads out of it. Yeah. Anyway, so we're going to check in with a bunch of uh, stuff that you guys have been sending us, and we're going to go through some of your messages. Um, quick note at the top, though, I, I feel like we haven't mentioned this and we should we are staring down the barrel of 100 that's right our 100th episode will be in i guess well six weeks this is episode number 94 right now right that's right so uh we don't have any uh specific plans right now um but if you guys have any ideas of something you'd like to hear for a special 100th episode now we're not talking about doing a live show or anything and this will be the 100th episode of our podcast so don't want to do necessarily a video or something because we still have to do the podcast. So what should we do on our 100th podcast? I can't say 100th. There. I think I said it. Um, we have a couple of ideas that Veeves and I have been kicking around. But if you guys have any ideas, that might be more fun. So uh, I'll start a, a little um, post in the Facebook group. Or you guys can email us at afterthesemessagesshow at gmail.com or join the Facebook group and uh, look for my post there. And maybe we can start a conversation about something fun uh, and topical we could do. Not topical, fun and relevant that we can do for the... Apropos. Uh, apropos! You're a wordsmith. <laughs> You're a wordsmith. Um, so before we get into all of your uh, your emails and messages, I thought maybe we could take a second to talk about... I almost said the real ad council. That's insulting to you guys. You guys are the real ad council, but the original ad the council. The OG ad the council. The OG Ad Council. This is an old PSA for venereal disease. You're listening to it right. I wish I wish that we were. This is one of those occasions when I really wish we were a visual show. Because the the visuals here are fantastic. It's all these like super happy people like doing ballet and gardening and knitting. If you're curious or confused, get information or a pamphlet at most pharmacies or a health clinic. If you need help, see a doctor. That's from the 1970s. 
How great is that? Slogan, VD is for everybody, which I feel like they missed the mark a little <laughs> bit know. on the messaging here. I know. It sounds like, hey, Batman is for everybody. That was the greatest commercial for VD that I've ever seen. <laughs> now I want VD. That was the most ridiculous uh, PSA that I could um, find to start this off. Because what is the original ad council? I want I, I, You see PSAs, of course, that stands for public service advertisements. We've been seeing them our entire lives on television. And at the very end, it says, brought to you by the Ad Council, or, or you'll see their famous little square logo that says Ad Council. And I've seen it a million times. I kind of didn't really know how it works. I know what it's related to, but I didn't know its history or how it works. So, How do you join that Ad Council? How do you join the Ad Council? Not to be confused with your guys' Ad Council. Um, and so I did what any good researcher does, and I went to Wikipedia and I just grabbed a bunch of information really quickly. So here's... <laughs> like every college student in America. <laughs> here's what I know. It actually started in 1942. It was conceived in 1941. It started in 1942. And almost immediately in 1943, it actually changed its name to the War Advertising Council. So in its early days, its whole purpose was to, and I'm going to quote here, mobilize the advertising industry in support of the war effort. Um, early in campaigns, encourage enlistment to the military, the purchase of war bonds, conservation war, conservation of war material, stuff like that. And then was then the war was uh, winding down. FDR requested that it keep going during peacetime, just as the Ad Council, or of course, the Advertising Council. Um, so how does it work? Um, well, it's a nonprofit, and it basically produces all of those PSAs in conjunction with a bunch of ad agencies that do the work pro bono. And uh, it's basically an arm of the federal government. It actually has been criticized in the past because you have a president in office who can basically take over the ad council and make it uh, kind of represent their whatever their pet projects Nobody are. Nobody tell Trump. I know. I was thinking as I was looking. You know, yeah. like, listen, the 80s... So were, these these ad agencies did work pro bono for the federal government. Like they should have been getting paid for that. They, the federal government's not a charity. Well, you know what? I, I put that the wrong way. I don't. It's not the ad council is not the federal government. The ad council is a nonprofit in and of itself. And I'm going to read directly here. It produces, distributes, and promotes public service announcement, announcements on behalf of other nonprofit organizations, mm. NGOs. And government agencies, and then it partners with ad agencies to make those things pro bono. So I'm sure the in the same way lawyers do pro bono work, the ad agencies it just must be part of kind of what you do. Well, you nobody has to do pro bono work. And that's true too. It just seems, I don't know what the upside is. I guess for an ad agency, to I mean, do for this. If, like I can understand doing pro bono work for a charity that really uh, is deserving and is a nonprofit. You know, if it's if it's to um, you know make sure hungry kids get fed or you know puppies get adopted or whatever like i that makes sense to me but if it's to put for if it's to sort of promote or advance like a government message i suppose there's a public service argument to make for that but if i mean i think it was also just a simpler time maybe i mean who knows when it was first made you mean yeah yeah because now and, and in again the, in it's the not early only years. government organization you know again it, it is a nonprofits to partner up with it so we see a lot of okay no smoking that is kind of like what if it was like government. buy government bonds or something right you know that's what, I mean? what it used to be right yeah 
Yeah, that's what the earliest PSAs were by government bonds to support the war effort. Um, it says here that to qualify, an issue must be nonpartisan but not necessarily unbiased and have national relevance. So if you work for the um, SPCA, that's not the government, but you could put in a bid to have the ad to work with the ad council and have them create some adopt a pet before we have to kill them types of messaging. Right. Okay. Um, and then it says here that uh, media outlet outlets donate about 1.8 billion to ad council campaigns annually, which means that if uh, the ad council were actually kind of a firm, they would be, or an advertiser, a single advertiser, they'd be the largest in the country. And, um, Media outlets like, uh, you know, they're getting all their shit. They're getting all their shit for free. They're getting their production for free. They're getting their ad buys for free. Um, And uh, and and also, yeah, where where it's going to be placed on the TV or radio, that's all donated as well. Um, So that is what the ad council is and how it works. I thought it would be fun. Again, I know we want to get to to you guys. I know you're all all very important. But I wanted to start by um, playing this video that I found. We don't have to play the whole thing. It's about five, six minutes long. Um, and it's a bunch of ad council PSAs from the 1980s. Now, Vives, this would have been like peak PSA watching times for you and me, I think. Yeah. Um, nowadays, you don't see as many public service announcements, or at least you and I don't, because we're not staying up super late and you're watching cable and it's just not there as much. But back in the day when we were watching um, cartoons after school, you would get, you know, like the He-Man, you know, I played that drop at the top. I should mention, it's kind of funny to hear He-Man say something like this. Shira and I want to talk to you about something that's very personal, your body. But that's actually for children to Teach them. He really, that if he really somebody, swallows body. It sounds like your body. Your body. Shira and I want to talk to you about something that's very personal. Your body. Your buddy. Your buddy. My buddy. <laughs> um, it's actually your buddy is a jerk, and you should not see him anymore. <laughs> Here, I'm just going to play it for you because it is funny to hear, but actually the message is super important. I'm not trying to be overly earnest here, but when kids are abused in some way, you got to teach them that it's okay to speak out. So here's the whole PSA on this one. Shira and I want to talk to you about something that's very personal, your body. Remember, it's your body and no one should touch you in a way that you feel is wrong. I'll get anybody who tries it. It's not that easy, Orko. It's hard for a young person to admit that he or she has been touched in a bad way. If you've been touched that way, don't be ashamed. Tell someone you trust, like your parents, your doctor. We've seen so many parodies of, like, kind of He-Man cartoons like this, like the very still image and just one arm moves to point at you, that it's so hard not to make fun of this. But this is what kids were watching then, and it's a really important message. It's a super important message. And I, I, you know, I I would never, neither of us would ever uh, try to denigrate or make fun of that message, and that's a great message that kids all the time still need to learn. Yeah. Like that's a hard thing to to learn, but it is. is There's something like cognitively dissonant yes. about seeing Shira and He Man with their robotic movements, yeah. and and their and those voices that are so, you know, they sound like the cartoon voices, and they, you know, they they're like they don't they. Shira it, and I lack nuance. It's yeah, exactly. It's like it's a weird <laughs> delivery mechanism. 
as an adult to see it, I think. Yeah. Um, and especially now when like media has become so much more sophisticated and cartoons have become so much more sophisticated. Well, I don't want to spend too much time on this only because, I mean, maybe down the road we should just do a PSA show. People have mentioned that before. I think we have. Haven't we done a PSA oh, have show? We? Mm, I feel like more of these would have come up. I don't know. Anyway, I just found this uh, this long video of random PSAs from the Ad Council in the 1980s, and I just wanted to hit play on the beginning of it and maybe kind of drop the needle uh, later on and just kind of see what's in here, if we remember them, if they're bonkers or what. Years ago, prehistoric man discovered fire. He learned how to cook with it. Stay warm with it. So we are seeing um, close-up shots of cavemen faces uh, while they're poking and prodding and learning about fire. Even light up the darkest night with it. But he never learned how to be careful with fire in the forest. After two million years. Now we realize that those weren't cavemen. They were just bearded men, like me. And the camera backs away, and we see that it's just a couple of guys camping and playing around with fire. Isn't it time we acted our age? They throw a burning stick before they retire to their tents. They just carelessly throw a burning stick into the woods. I would almost certainly guess that even the average caveman was more respectful of yeah, fire than absolutely. they were. I mean, it's like they set out to start a fire. Yeah. Did I ever tell you about the time I... Um, God, I don't think about this much. This must have been one of the scariest four minutes of my life, and I don't think I've ever told you about it. I almost caught our garage on fire. Really? When I was in high school, I was staying, um, you know, I was living with my dad and stepmom in a house in uh, in the suburbs where I'd been a couple of years, and I was, uh, I'm trying to think if this was related to me sneaking cigarettes. Every now and then I'd go around the back of the garage, which was separate from the house, go around the back of the garage and smoke a, a cigarette. Um, and I might have just been doing that. And if you kept going behind the garage, there was a little area of woods, but it was very suburban. There were houses all over the place. And I don't know if, I was playing around with my lighter or what it was, but I cleared a little area. I don't think I was thinking about it. Maybe I put my cigarette down on a leaf to see if it would catch. I don't know what I was thinking or how it started, but the leaves caught, and it was like a PSA. Ah, it just went up like a like It just a went Roman up fast, <laughs> and it spread wow. fast. The whole ground was covered with leaves. And at first, I'm like, uh-oh, stomp on it, stomp on it. Then I'm stomping on it, and then it's popping up over there. And then I'm running around stomping on it. I'm like, oh, my God. And I'm thinking, like, the garage is right there. There's no car in there, but that's where gasoline is, yeah. where lawnmowers are, leaf blowers, all kinds of lawn, all kinds of things that take gas. And I... I mean, again, it couldn't have lasted more than four minutes. I'm sure it was an eternity, but but that's... my life passed yeah. in front of my eyes. It was my, it was bonkers. I think every kid went through a, f- a phase of playing with fire. I remember being like kind of a tween, like definitely not old enough to drive, but old enough to like have a fair amount of autonomy. Like my girlfriend and I could like walk down to the video store and get a video by ourselves. So we were kind of that age. And she had um, she had divorced parents, and one of her parents had a big house with a garage and and no supervision. That's the important. That's the key. Yeah, that's a key ingredient. No, that's why you playing always want fire. Hey, listen, you want to have a friend. Yeah, you better hope their parents are divorced. And we would do this thing in her 
dad's garage where we would take string like cotton string mm-hmm. and um like wind it around things kind of like make like almost like a spider web with it or like a you know like a cat's cradle but like a big cat's cradle that we would string between things we would spray the string with this lithium grease but you were wrapping around just real things that were in the garage but like, metal things okay things that wouldn't catch on fire the handle of a lawnmower maybe <laughs> in hindsight probably yeah um didn't occur to me that there were like there's like gasoline that could go up but what you if you if you spray this listen up kids if you spray, <laughs> if you spray this grease this lubricant on string it makes the string like <laughs> into flame yeah so it would all go up in this like this very impressive for us anyway yeah. like sort of display so we would do this i mean just all like we would entertain ourselves for hours doing this it i mean it chills me to the bone to think about the kind of destruction we could have wreaked on ourselves and her father's house there was um i don't know why i'm even (laughs) why am i doing this there's a different time before my dad got before i lived in this house in the suburbs i lived in a different house where it's just me and my dad in a small little uh neighborhood very cute uh west side neighborhood old school neighborhood uh outside of cleveland and um God, I just didn't do this stuff as a little kid, but I, I, guess, I guess this the real PSA here is don't get divorced because your kids are going to start doing bad shit, even yeah. if they're generally good kids. I didn't start that smoking. That is the big takeaway <laughs> from this episode. Um, but I remember at one point feeling frisky. I think I started messing around with like, I think I think I should not be talking about this. I think I started messing around with cologne. I think I realized that my dad's old spice caught fire. So I did. So I put it like <laughs> I, I put a little bit in a bottle Cause he, cap because he walked too close to a campfire <laughs> one day. And I like and I put a little bit in a bottle cap and it, you know went up or something. I was like, ooh, that's fun. And then I started thinking, well, and I'm God, I'm 15 here probably. And I thought, okay, well, what if I put. This is so bad, Veeves. What if I put like gasoline in a cup, but I just cut a little tiny hole in the bottom of the cup so that it would kind of drizzle out? And I and this isn't cologne now. This is gasoline. And I go out into the driveway and I make some sort of design on the driveway with the gasoline that's dribbling out of this cup. And then I light that on fire. Well, first of all, I have a vague memory of pouring gasoline into a cup, then the cup disintegrating. Yeah, that's what'll happen to styrofoam with gasoline. <laughs> so then I think I found. So that's a, a good chemistry experiment so to know then about. I think I found a better cup or something, and I think I did do it. I think I burned a little design that went up really quickly and yeah. gone. That did not leave any black trails. So there, boy, that <laughs> that's just one PSA right there. I want to hit play yeah. on this. Let's find out what this one uncovers that I should not be talking about in public. It's a special kind of spirit that rises in us all. We were seeing a bunch of uh, kids lined up in wheelchairs like they're about to race. Today could use a hand, your hand, your time, your money, even a bit of yourself. This is just like generally volunteer. It's generally volunteer, but actually donate. You see, it's called Lend a Hand. There it is, the Ad Council. Um, uh, it's, you saw somebody writing out a check for like 50 bucks or something to an organization. So we saw organizations like Blood Mobiles, um, you know, some sort of Special Olympic type of activities um, and stuff like that. So, okay, let's keep going. Lend a hand. That one was too generic. Give us something that we can admit sins and cr- let's just call them crimes. Yeah. Love one another. As I have loved you. Care for each other. As I have cared for you. Bear one another's burdens. <laughs> Share each other's joys. Now, I'd like to say each one of these 
seem to be a parent and child, just one parent and one child, and you can uh, tell who's saying what. I will say so far, it's got a very religious... Yeah, this is all Bible stuff, Yeah, right? I'm not an expert. Yeah. Hope they get some revelations in here. Love one another. Love, Love one, one another. another. And bring each other home. Come together as a family. Come together to your house of worship every week. A message from Religion in American Life. Religion in American Life. That's interesting. So non-denominational, just go to your house of worship. Yeah, but man, that would not fly today. No, I don't think so. Huh. Did I ever tell you about the time I burned a church? Just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) I like this. They got some cool teens. Oh, I think I remember this one. Okay, so we see a bunch of kids hanging out in the 80s listening to, I don't recognize the, the musician, but probably some famous <laughs> some musician. Pop of the, musician. Uh, who knows? Pop. Yeah. Maybe, maybe pop. Um, and they're all hanging out, but you can see now they're drinking beers, and it looks like... Um, and they're in their cars. And they're in their hanging outside their cars, yeah. Just get in and talk about it. I've got to go home. Oh, come on, Carrie. We're going to a new place. Don't be you Do you remember this yet? No. I think you're going to see something that's going to be iconic and you're going to remember it. What's a few beers? If you don't stop your friend from drinking and driving, you're as good as dead. The second he starts the car, you hear light, you hear thunder and you see lightning. And then everybody in the car, all the teenagers, immediately just turn into like classroom skeletons. Right, like but the still wearing their skeletons. still wearing like their letter jackets. <laughs> their and letterman stuff. jackets. And then at the very end, I'm gonna hit play here, you're gonna see a human hand shake hands with a skeleton hand. I remember this from being a kid. Drinking and driving can kill a friendship. Does that ring a bell? It does, yeah. Yeah, I forgot I think about that. That was that a one. pretty iconic one. Yeah. The 1832 Illinois militia is choosing a captain. I'll be captain. I'll wrestle you for it. When the National Guard and Reserve was called the militia, Lincoln took time off his job to join. Abe Lincoln, the new captain. Wait, was that supposed to be General Lee and Abe Lincoln wrestling? Did he say? Did he say Robert they, Lee? They, they were they were wrestling on the ground. Then they get up and they shake hands. The one guy I think identifies himself as Lee. I'm off his job to join. No, he didn't say something Lee. What did he say? Well, Maybe it, he said Jeb it, something. It sounds like Jeb Lane. I don't oh, know who that okay. is, but they, Lee was from Virginia. Yeah, that didn't make any sense. I thought they were just... Lincoln was from Illinois. Okay. The new captain. If he worked for you today, would you give him time off to serve his country? Support guardsmen and reservists you employ. Protect their future while they protect yours. Okay, so I was kind of missing the point because it was, uh, you know, 1850s, 1860s time. For some reason, I thought that... They were just being ridiculous, changing history, and making it seem like they had wrestled before. But generally speaking, they're just saying, um, you know, you may have the next Abraham Lincoln in your employ. Give right. him some time off so he can be a weekend warrior. Exactly. When you're weary, feeling small, when tears are in your eyes, I'll dry them all. Last year, four million people graduated from Red Cross classes. One- I think that's um, I think that's President Bartlett. 
the voice. One of them could save your life. Join them. Yeah, probably. I think it is um, Martin Sheen. Cross will help, will you? All right, that's about half the video. I don't think we should keep going on this, um, but this was fun. There was a bonkers one I saw in here earlier when I was just clicking through um, some of these. Um, some of these anti-drug ones from back in the day were crazy. Again, maybe I'll just save it and we can do another dive into PSAs later. But that was all just to serve the purpose of kind of talking a little bit about what the. Uh, I'll call it the fake ad council, um, <laughs> what they've been up to. But for now, Veeves, do you want to go ahead and uh, get into some of these nasty, nasty emails? Sure. Everybody's talking at me. I don't hear words saying. Only the echoes of my mind. All right, you... Grab most of these. Where do we want to start? We'll let's start with listener Christopher, uh, who posted this to the Facebook group. He writes, I can't talk bird ads without my all-time favorite. Hmm. Watching Red Wings games as a kid, I always looked forward to these. They were so bizarre. Uh, that I always get, but I always get a kick out of the Penguins' dramatic uh, entrance. I defy all who watch to not have "Strangers in the Night" stuck in their head after seeing this. And Christopher sent us one that I love, and I loved it so much that I went and found another one from this campaign, which was for Bud Ice in the '90s. If you just want to play the first one here, it starts with a man kind of in a trench coat. He looks like he's kind of in a spy movie. He's running from something. He's getting on a train, and the train pulls out of uh, the station, and he sort of you hear him audibly talking about how relieved he is that he's gotten away from whoever's pursuing him. You haunt me, my friend. Everywhere I go, you're there. Kiev, Buenos Aires, Budapest. But not this time. At long last, victory is mine. Okay, can I just stop and explain this? Sure. I've never seen this before. So as you said, the guy is kind of running onto a train, and then when he says, finally, victory is mine, he sits down, and he opens up his satchel, and he pulls out a... It's not unlike Marcellus Wallace's soul. It does does cause a light to come out of his briefcase. (laughs) He opens up his briefcase, a light comes out, and he slowly pulls out his prize, a bottle of Bud Ice. But then you start hearing this doobie doobie doo, and he realizes that he is sharing a compartment with a penguin, of course, reading a newspaper as you do in a train. He escapes the train compartment, uh, but the penguin has gotten the Bud Ice away from him. I have never seen these before. I love how men how silly but menacing they are. Like I love the pre- I just like the the whole tone. It's it's interesting and unlike anything else. Why don't you play this next one? This is one that I went and found because Christopher's example that we just uh, listened to was so great. So this is a couple sitting in their home and the phone rings. Hello, how's your bad eye? It's the third one tonight. It's okay. The police are tracing the call. Hello. This is the police. Those calls are coming from inside the house. Repeat, those calls are coming from inside the house. <laughs> That's terrifying. Drink Bud Ice. But, uh, and then at the very end, you see you, the camera 
races up the stairs to catch the penguin on the phone on the upstairs phone. <laughs> that, is, that is hilarious. This is the police. The call is coming from inside the house. <laughs> That's, and you remember those? Uh, vaguely, yeah. I don't remember them, although the actor here looks very familiar. I think he was in a bunch of commercials. Well, he looks very similar to the guy who is... Um, Beef, who's Beef Stew oh, from yeah. Strangers with Candy. I wonder right. if it's that actor. Simmer down, Stu. Um, all right. What else we got? Um, this is from listener Heather. Um, and this is also in response to the Bird Show. Uh, and we, as if you recall, we had uh, some back and forth about what was the right music to kick off our Bird segment last week. And we tried a few different options. But Heather makes a great point, which is, and she said this, that our show needed some ad doctoring. And I, I agree. Um, the intro music for the show, um, maybe this outstanding Adult Swim cartoon from the early 2000s is just not on your radar, but we were shocked that you didn't pick the Harvey Birdman theme song, especially after picking your super punny title. I called it the Birdman of Adcatraz. Um, and she's totally right uh, on all counts. I vaguely was aware of Harvey Birdman, Attorney at Law. It was one of those Adult Swim mm-hmm. kind of cartoons for adults. Um, but it didn't occur to me I really hadn't watched it, so it didn't occur to me to to check it for any music. But go ahead and play the theme song here. Who is the man in the suit? Who is the cat with the beak? Do you really want to feel Harvey Attorney, habeas corpus, Harvey Attorney, Harvey Birdman, Attorney at Land. Yeah, I don't know if I ever watched that show. I think I would, like, kind of, you know, be going through the channels and maybe pause on it from time to time, but it always was bonkers. And I was like, one of these days I'm going to have to sit down and yeah. figure out what the hell is going on. I never did. I think it's sort of in the same vein as Space Ghost Coast to Coast, which was a mm-hmm. show I really did like. And I just sort of never got into Harvey Birdman or Birdman, I think they pronounce mm. it. Um, she she points out that uh, there were some, there was a few product placement things on this show. Um, this why don't you play the first like 14 seconds of this clip, which is too long to play the whole thing. Um, but in this one, I guess Harvey Birdman, attorney at law, does law does lawyering for other existing cartoon characters. Because the first voice you're going to hear is Fred from uh, Scooby-Doo. And he's talking with Harvey Birdman. Birdman, I don't mean to be rude, but shouldn't you have known about that tape? That's why you're there, kid, and I'm here. Experience. It's the only thing that separates us from the animals. Well, that and product placement. <laughs> As he says that, the can of generic soda he's holding turns into uh, a can of tab. I um, now I want to watch this. I know. I want to get kind of funny. I want to get into some Harvey Birdman, and I also want to go back and watch some Space Ghost. Uh, before you move on, I think we have to. Uh, what Heather was really looking for was a little bit of this. <laughs> doctor, doctor, what should I do? Tell me. I don't even like this song, V, so you gotta give the people what they want. Doctor, you really do. Doctor, what should I do? What should I do? What should I do? My doll is ill. She has high fever. I should also give what Heather credit. I, I believe she's one half of the couple that sent us the What Do People Do at the Airport song. Oh, yeah. Okay, so she's very familiar. Um, oh, and then uh, she made a, she gave, sent in a correction, and several people said this as well, and I wanted to acknowledge it, that we were wrong about where the good feathers 
uh, cartoon was from, I think I said Tiny Toons or Looney Toons. It was Animaniacs. Oh, right. And I should have known that. I just couldn't call it to mind in the moment. Yup. Next piece of feedback is from listener David. Um, He writes, I just listened to episode 92, which was the place-based commercials from a couple weeks ago. Uh, where you talked about the CenturyLink Super Bowl ad. That's the one, Andrew, that you liked that was sort of the... the I thought it was all about Washington State. You thought it was all State, about Washington, but it was, about the two but it was coasts like of the United States. The coast, meet, coast meets coast. Is that the one where Abraham Lincoln is <laughs> wrestling Robert Lee? Lee? Yeah. yeah. Um, it was nice to hear you. He says, it was nice to hear you talking about it because I also love this ad and it's in pretty heavy rotation here in Portland. Um I decided to watch it again closely because Genevieve said it looked like a Max train in the ad, and there's a like a, an, a like a light rail train that runs through the ad at one point. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just said it sort of looked like the Max train, which is the Portland light rail. He says it's not, but the cars do bear resemblance to our old models, so you're not too far off. But that's actually not why he wrote in. <laughs> I re- decided to email because you talked about that song. It's the Kel- Kelvin Jones song that's being played throughout the ad that you would, at the end yeah, see him yeah. uh, kind of having like a Skype music lesson session with a girl. Mm-hmm. Um, it's called Call You Home. Um, I was, I, you talked about the song a lot. And while I was train sleuthing, I noticed that it mentioned the singer Kelvin Jones on the iSpot page. Uh, the song was actually not created for the ad, but rose to prominence after getting posted to Reddit a couple of years ago. So this, so I went and looked this up on the Wikipedia link that, uh, David sent. Um, this single actually got popular because his friend just posted it to Reddit, huh. Reddit, you know, upvoted it enough that he got onto, um, Good Morning America with it, and then from there it exploded. So it's kind of an interesting story about how, it, you know, he did eventually get picked up by Sony as a label, but mm-hmm. it, like it started, it started with this much more like sort of crowdsourced thing. That's pretty cool. Yeah, I knew it wasn't created for the commercial, but I had no idea that that's how this song ended up kind of being on a major label. Let's listen a little bit if that's okay. Yeah. You get that smile when I'm giving you my own. You're the brighter side of things, you're the lighter side of life And all the joy that you bring is why I need you in my life But can I call you home? You'll be mine and I'll be yours I just wanna let you know In my mind, I call you home It's kind of a... Cool, charming little video too. I like the song. Yeah, I like the video. I like the song. He's got a beautiful voice. It's nice to see yeah, it someone is nice. like that. Uh, Just yeah, the, the origin story success, of that. Yeah, yeah, sure, that's really cool. But what have you done since 2015? Come on, Kelvin, get on it. Yeah, Kelvin. Has haven't, hasn't the crowd done enough? This is up to you. You want me to? Um, <laughs> well, he's got that contract with Sony, so he's probably doing all right. <laughs> Let me uh, mention this one that I grabbed off the Facebook page from Aaron because I'm going to be straight up with you, Veeves. I think this is one. Well, I'm clearly not painting myself in glory today anyway. Um, this is one uh, that I don't think I get. And I'm going to play the whole thing for you. I'm going to tell you what I don't get. And then you're going to explain it to me. And I'm going to feel really stupid. Okay. I haven't seen this one. Oh, you haven't even seen it? No. Okay. Then we might have to watch it twice. So this is from listener Aaron, posted it to our Facebook page and says, um, the University of Phoenix is really impressing me with their ads lately. Now, we've talked about the University of Phoenix before. They tend to be very emotional. It's an, is it, University of Phoenix is all online, right? Maybe not. I don't want to say that for sure, but I think mostly. Um, 
And who is the football player who does? Um, he's a great wide receiver. Um, yeah, we talked about the, his his. Um Larry Fitzgerald. Yeah, that's right. Yes, yes. He's a cardinal, I want to say, although I might I be wrong right. on that. But he's a fantastic – he's a really cool guy and a um, and a, and, a, and a good player. And they have a very emotional ad where he talks about his experience going to university. He listens to his mom's voicemail. Uh, Phoenix, yeah. It gets a little bit – I got to say, at the end when he actually calls the voicemail, he says, I call my mom's old voicemail every now and then to hear her voice because she's passed on and I want her to know – or if she were here, I would want her to know that I um, – did get my degree from the university because she told me I can't rely on football my whole life, and I hope that she would be proud of me. It's really emotional. Yeah. Um, and then he leaves a voicemail for her, um, just kind of saying, Mom, I did it. I hope you're proud or whatever. Um, and so they they definitely tug at the heartstrings. That's one we've talked about before. And they did – are they the one that did the, the guy who's a – he's like a – he's like a farm laborer, but yes. he also – is getting his degree in his off time. I mean, that's an emotional one, too. That was a great one. I forgot about it. Yeah, they're all, and they are, they're very emotional. Well, this is in that vein. This is called To My Great-Granddaughter. And it's going to open, we're going to see a very elderly lady, um, very elderly, let's say that she's in her 80s, okay? Um, And she's talking to a newborn baby which is, I think it'll be very clear, is supposed to be her great-granddaughter. And then as you hear her talking about her story, you're going to see images of her coming over from the old country, whatever the old country is, somewhere in Europe, getting off the boat and dealing with all kinds of hardships and overcoming them, Uh, you know, getting through immigration, um, getting what looks like very hard, low-paying jobs in the 19, let's say, 40s, um, but studying on her lunch break so that she can go to school and then eventually getting into a more of a white-collar workforce and kind of like, you know, really climbing up the economic ladder from uh, from her experience just getting off the boat. So that's what's happening as you hear this voiceover, but I, there's something that is just not making sense to me about it. My great-granddaughter, you may never know me, but when I look at you, I look back on my life and I know what it was for. Oh, I should mention, yeah, that's how I know it's the 40s, because it starts with her, um, you know, uh, I probably in England, anywhere, somewhere being bombed during the Second World War and her taking shelter while you hear those uh, air raid sirens. Look back on my life and I know what it was for. So you could have the childhood they said I couldn't have. In the places they said I couldn't go. In the words they said I couldn't speak. I've imagined your life between my shifts, in my studies, in books and pages. In nights so late, I've seen your face in definitions. Now we see, I, this is where I'm confused. I don't know if it's her or maybe now it's her daughter because it's the 80s. Maybe now it's like the 90s. And we see time keeps marching on. And she's a woman who's like at the office really late at night, probably putting in more hours than her male colleagues, that type of thing. But I don't understand if this is still the same woman because the timeline doesn't add up. 
What if I struggled and sacrificed and swore I'd succeed so you could wake up one day with the choice to be anything you wanted? At the very end, we see her or a woman um, who's probably in her... I don't know, 50s, take a nice, beautiful corner office uh, and sit down in it as if, as if she's, she's made it to the top that she was shooting for. Well then, my great-granddaughter, it would all be worth it. So very emotional, but does that make sense to you? Because now it's like, it seems to be modern day when she goes into this modern corner office. Uh, it's not modern day, it's the 80s. You think that's, that's still the 80s, that's huh? That's full-on working girl corner office. But she's in her probably f- late 50s, oh, maybe you're even right. 60s. She's got gray the, okay, hair. Okay, that's definitely 90s. That's like a 1994, yeah, 95 Whether era or not computer. the timeline totally works out. That is her the whole time. It's her though. the whole time. Okay, um, I just thought it was getting too modern too quickly. But let's see. If you're, uh, she's like four years old when the bombs are dropping, and so that's 1943. By the time it's 1993, that's 50 years later. So yeah, yeah so she's, she's in her Okay, totally makes sense now that we've talked it through. <laughs> I thought at the very end, but if that's her in 1994, yeah, and then if the year is now 2017, she would probably be about that old as, as she is when she's talking to the baby. Yeah, so. she's very elderly. So, I mean, it makes sense that she would say to her grand, great-granddaughter, you probably won't remember me. Right. Okay, well, that's uh, that's good. It does make sense. And now I kind of got, as is my want, I got a little bit bogged down in uh, the, the <laughs> tedious aspect of that. But it is a good commercial. Um, just a couple more here, and then we'll uh, we can wrap this up. This is from listener Linder. Um, and this was for a Citroen commercial. Citroen is a French, uh, I believe French, uh, car manufacturer. And uh, Linda writes, uh, I now want to try out this car, even though I'm a dyed-in-the-wool Subarooer. I can't quite suss out what the commercial is saying, though. The, the, the Frenchie, meaning the French bulldog, which we'll, I'll describe here in a minute, is so cute, it's distracting. Um, why don't you go ahead and play this? And it, it's going to take some narration because that's just music. But it's uh, it's a beautiful, well, I, I don't know if it's even a beautiful countryside. It's just sort of an open landscape countryside. Um, you can see highway and some uh, like power lines in the background. There's a the, the car in question, the Citroen is driving through and the it's you see a bull, a French bulldog, one of those cute little French bulldogs sitting in the back as it's as the car is driving. It's sitting in the back seat. <laughs> driving and driving stop at a gas station the driver gets out it's a young guy he's uh filling up the tank while he's doing that the (laughs) bulldog is doing what we all do when we get out of a road trip it's stretching (laughs) but in a very human way in a very human way and it's obviously you know cgi it's doing like lunges against the the car to kind of like stretch out its legs, like it's been sitting in the car for too long. This is a pretty good visual for uh, kind of animation. Yeah, or, no, or they, CGI. they do it pretty well. It's very cute. <laughs> um, it's doing like sort of like stretches and just just getting all the kinks out, stretching its back. Um, and now he's hopping back in the car. His owner's letting him back in, and they take off. And then there is a French uh, phrase which says, um, can you roll it back for a sec? Yeah. Are you going to actually read the French? I'll try. I'll do it. All right. Um, Arratez-vous uh, moins s'en va à la pompe. 
which means uh, stop at the tank at stop at the pump less often. Okay. Thank you, Google Translate. You are <laughs> a modern miracle. So Linder says, uh, it's, "Is it that you? What's the like? What's the point of the commercial? Is mm-hmm. it that you had better stretch out at a fill-up station because who knows how long it will be before you get to go get to do it again?" And I would say, "Oh, nailed yeah, it. Right, That's exactly yeah. right. Oh, yeah." And it's just it's a cute visual because. Why does a dog need to stretch? Right, the dog yeah. can stretch anywhere. The, the, the dog has plenty of room. The back dog there. has plenty of room because you have to be somewhat comfortable with or careful with this message because it is a small kind of car, and what you don't usually see car commercials emphasize is the fact that it, you've been uncomfortable exactly. in the car. Exactly, I think that's an interesting point. Right, but the fact is, you can stay in your car longer without stopping yeah. for gas. I like that. Yeah, and I like. Uh, I, I thought it was a cute ad. It I'll very... accept it. I'll give it a chi. <laughs> Um, okay, I got one more, and then we're really done here. This is a little tough love. You ready for some tough love? Oh no! Directed at us. Directed at us. No, yes. I'm not ready for that. No, no, it's ready. You gotta no, get ready. hold on. Let me gear myself up. Okay. <laughs> doctor, doctor, what should I do? Tell me. All right. Okay. Hold on. Okay. Doctor, doctor, what should I do? What should I do? What should I do? My feelings have been hurt. (laughs) Uh, This is from listener Levi. uh, And he writes, So I'm not sure why you haven't done a jingle show yet. You haven't, have you? I don't think we have. No, I don't think so. No. Uh, But Rachel Bell's recent guest in on TBTL, your other show, uh, and her delightful rendition of the... I told you I'm going to divorce TBTL. Just give me time. (laughs) Luke is just in a very fragile place right now. It's basically over. Uh, Rachel's delightful rendition... We haven't podcasted in months. Uh, her delightful rendition of the Dijonese theme made me realize, I don't know what that's, that is, made me realize that you should 100% have her on to talk jingles, which we to- totally should. It would be great. And the episode practically names itself Jingle Bells. Oh, wow. Totally Jingle true. Bells. So like Le- Levi is just producing the whole thing for us. Uh, in the words of Job, come on! <laughs> I can handle that. I'm glad I geared myself up with some good old doctor, doctor. But and just then, so you know, the Dijonese thing was, um, I don't know, when uh, when Rachel was on TBTL, for some reason she mentioned, I have no idea how we ended up on this, but she just started singing. She's like, don't you remember that Dijonese commercial? She sang the song. I was like, no, that rings no bells. I looked it up and she nailed it. Oh, this really? Is, this is the commercial. Dijonese. Oh, that's right. <laughs> There's a new oh, because it's Duke of Earl. Right, right. Right. Taste test. New Hellman's Dijonese creamy mustard blend. Beat the leading mustard by. But it's funny because Rachel does not um, usually uh, watch TV, which is one reason why I have not. I don't even think she owns a TV, so I didn't want to invite her on the show because I'm like, well, you don't know commercials. But there's been several times where she's mentioned some yeah. commercial from the past that is very interesting. No, I think that Jingle I didn't Bells is, is where it's at. Um, that does make me realize. Or, or remind me of the the joke that Mr. Show did based on Dijonese, which was mustard ayonnaise. Oh yeah, that is fantastic. Uh, back to Lincoln, right? It's like some sort of like yellow Abraham yeah, Lincoln. It, it gets it gets a little <laughs> random at the end. Um, so Levi concludes that is all. If I have to call in and leave my rendition of the pizza bagels theme on your voicemail to make it happen, I will. Oh, you do. Yes, you do. So please do that. Yes, please. We will not do the uh, yes. the the show until I hear. Is it definitely Levi? Could it maybe be Levy? I just assumed it was Levi. If it was Levy, my apologies. When the Levy calls, we'll play your voicemail on the air. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I think it's time to wrap. Yeah. Things up. You can sell. It's really late. It is late. And hot. Yeah. You can sell anything. 
All right. Just a reminder, we do have a very vibrant Facebook group. We want to hear from you guys there. Also, um, what should we do? If you have any ideas, this isn't a contest. We're not voting on it. I'm just lazy. We're, uh, just tell we're me lazy what to and do. out of ideas. Just tell me what to do on the 100th episode, okay? <laughs> and I'll do it. Uh, check us out. Just look for uh, After These Messages show or After These Messages podcast on Facebook, and you'll find our little group. Yep. And you can email us at After These Messages show at Gmail. You can always call us and sing uh, whatever theme song you want to threaten us with at yes. 607-444-5597. I'll say it again because I talked over you. 607 444 Five five nine seven. You know what that spells? Not a damn thing. Probably not. All right, everybody. Thank you so much. We'll talk to you next. Oh, quick forward promo. Phyllis the Fletch Fletcher. Oh, that's right. Next week, Public Radio Editor of the Year, according to the Prindy organization. Um, hot on the heels of that honor, she will be joining us here. And what's the word I'm looking for? Um, scuttling her career. <laughs> or uh, <laughs> certainly bruising it by joining us here on After These Messages. Uh, so look forward to that. We'll talk to you guys then. That's next Tuesday. Like you would be too if you had the juice now. Oh. Hey, yo, the government is lies, son. United States of Google, Verizon. They all spy.